This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. I thank you for what you've already done. And Lord, I am confident that this is a word that you gave me as I sat down earlier in the week and prepared this word, Father. I had no clue how you were going to use it this morning to speak into so many lives as the response has been just unbelievable. Father, now for those present, those watching, those who are listening, I pray that you'll speak to them and that we'll all line up with who Christ has called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You know, I want to talk to you for just a few moments today about the fact that there's a lot of different lines in society. We put down these lines that we're not supposed to cross. We're not supposed to to go uh, into this part of town. We're not supposed to, certain people are not welcome in this community or or different lines are drawn across the place and, and, and that's not God's will. But I think we have to understand that not all lines are that drastic. Some lines are, are as simple as brand loyalty. I was shocked in here. A few of us had the honor of cooking on, on Friday night, and we, we, we prepared for some food for the ladies. And as we were setting up the final things on the food, somebody walked up to me and said to me, they said, uh, what kind of uh, mayonnaise do you have? And I said, well, the only kind there is, Dukes. I don't have any blue plate people in here, do I? Well, we're praying for you. Hellman's people? Craft? Look, if you got, if you, if you like Miracle Whip, that is salad dressing. It says it right there on the side. I have a special place in the altar for you this morning. <laughs> so I thought it was going to be funny in the first service and, 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 you know, just kind of celebrate the fact that, that people argue over peanut butters. I mean, there's obviously the right kind of peanut butter is Peter Pan. I thought that was going to be funny until my mom went, Jeff! I said, my mother has backslidden. See, my point, my point, if you'll notice those two items that I just said to you, they're both southern items. So what I'm trying to tell you is I have some brand loyalty based on where I was raised and what that effect had on my life. Let me take it to another level. There's these things that uh, we all like sometimes, and, the, and it's called a soft drink, if I'm, I'm just going to be general. But what, 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 do, what do you call those? <laughs> somebody just took it out of the way. Mountain Dew. <laughs> but all right. Uh, so I, I, did somebody say pop? Pop? How about soda? Got some sodas in here, right? We got pops and sodas. If you're from Georgia, what do you call it? People say to me from out of this, well, they asked me more than Coke and they asked me what kind. It's because we understand in the South that Coke is a company. And there's Sprite and there's Mellow Yellow and there's Mr. Pibb and there's Coke 
there's classic Coke. There's, they tried some garbage in the eighties, but it won't go there. But, um, there's, uh, Coke Zero, Cherry Coke. I mean, should I go on? See, see, the point is, there's all these different varieties, but we call them something different based upon where we were raised. It's brand loyalty, it's concepts, and because somebody says something different, automatically that kind of creates a line that says, oh, you're not from around here, right? And so when we look at these lines that some people aren't from around here, we find out that we allow a little distance to get between us. I mean, you know, when we're celebrating, I mean, it gets, it gets down to a whole lot of things. It can be as simple as, I mean, car companies. There's, there's Ford and then there's, what's the name of the other one? Uh, sorry, I couldn't resist that. But it's not that it's, I mean, we don't want everybody to be like us. We want variety. But what we really, really need for everyone to understand is we're right. Because we all want to be right, and sometimes being right is more important than doing what's right. And so we draw these brand loyalty lines, and some of them are not as simple as peanut butters and soft drinks and what kind of cars you drive. Some of them, I mean, they can be real complicated. I mean, it could be, I mean, you could have conflict at work because somebody leaves something in the break room refrigerator a lot longer than it should be left. Or... What happens when, get ready, a morning person marries a night person? 30-something years later, we're still trying to navigate that whole process. The problem for Christina is she is neither a morning or night person. She's a great day person. I'm a morning person and a night person. I struggle from 10 to 6 during the day. So I get all of that. I get the fact we have to learn how to negotiate in our lives, the relationships of our lives, the lines that are drawn. And sometimes it can be a bit of a bother, and sometimes it's not that big of a deal. Sometimes it's a friend who simply roots for the wrong team. or But sometimes it's the fact that, that somebody sees something different than we see it, that they don't believe it the way we believe it. That they want to argue some doctrinal point and they want to tell you why every other church is going to hell and they're right. Can I just go ahead and tell you this? I want you to get this very, very clear today that there are lines that are drawn and we all want people to see our side of the line. But when we get to the point that we think that we're ultimately right in our viewpoint on the world, sometimes it's simply because, I mean, some of you don't like the right foods because you've not been introduced to them yet. That was a point. <laughs> a little bit of a joke. You missed it completely. But my point is... When you go somewhere and somebody says, make sure you try this, I'm always up for that when I travel because if a region is known for something, I want to at least embrace what they're known for because there's got to be a reason for that. But most of us take a look at things and go, you know, I wasn't raised that way. I, I don't know about that. Can I tell you that if you allow the lines that you, that you place around your life to hold you back, then the odds are you're going to miss out on some great opportunities and some great blessings of the right relationships that God has called you to. 
Now, this is not a common uh, uh, or uncommon problem. We all deal, deal with de- dealing with things differently. As a matter of fact, it's a problem that the church had in the very beginning, in Acts chapter 15. In Acts chapter 15, we're dealing with some clear lines. And here's the line. There's a group of people in the early church, and they're asking this question. They're saying, can we be in relationship with people who are not Jews and still love Jesus? Can we please God and, and, and love people who don't know how to please Him the way that we think you're supposed to please Him? Watch this. Can we love God and still be kind to people who cross lines that are drawn for us? Let me go ahead and tell you. If you can't love others, then you're not loving God. You can pastor Don, that's a big statement. I stole it from Jesus. Jesus said that. He said, if you can't love people who deal with things differently than you, there's a problem. If you can't love your brother who you can see, how can you love God who you can't see? If, we, if everybody has to toe the line that I put down, there's a problem. And here in Acts chapter 15, here's what we see. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach everyone. Listen to what they did. This is their one chance to speak into all their lives. This is their one moment to impact their all for their spiritual maturity moment. And here it is. Unless you're circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you're not even saved. What a waste of time. What a waste of time for the church to struggle with people showing up and going, unless you're just like us, you can't even be a Christian. And we're not dealing with what the Bible says is sin and what is not, because the Bible's really clear about what the Bible says is sin and what is not. We're dealing with the fact that people are saying, hey, if you don't agree with what we agree with on this teaching concerning circumcision, then you're not even saved. And what Jesus has been teaching them all along is not some, some bondage. He's been trying to say, I came to set you free from bondage. But yet, their one opportunity is, hey, here's bondage. Oh, the church today doesn't look at things like that. Really? Just a few years ago, there's a line right out there called the county line. And it was clear if you were of a different ethnicity, you were not supposed to cross that line. And as I watched our sanctuary today, people worshiping in the earlier services, watching people of different races embracing and worshiping together, I thought, thank you, God, that we didn't let a line that was laid by hate determine who we were. As a matter of fact, God put us on the line to, to obliterate the line. I remember going into church. Are you ready for this? Some of you will recognize this. And if somebody showed up that didn't look the way they were supposed to look, they were not welcome. For example, let somebody show up with long hair, a guy with long hair. They weren't welcome. Look, some of you just went, oh, I got long hair. Let me go ahead and tell you now that if I could grow hair, it would be longer than all of your hair. I mean, I'd look like Fabio up in here. Come on now, amen. (laughs) Some of you are going, miracles do happen, Pastor. (laughs) You know, 
If I could, I would. But I've been in churches to where somebody walked in without a certain look of their hair and people beat them down. Listen to me. I don't care what your hair looks like. I'm glad you're here today. We're glad you've come to God's house because I don't want lines that are different because maybe we were raised different. Maybe you went to church and they acted this way or acted that way. And I don't want those lines to keep people from falling in love with Jesus. I don't care what condition you've come here in. You're welcome. And guess what? The closer you get to Jesus, you better get ready because some of of your lines are going to move. You know, I'll never forget a story that helped shape my life and how I wanted a church to work. And I don't know why I was in my sermon notes, but I felt led to share this in the last service, and I'll share it in this one. I remember when you went to church, if you wore one of these, a wedding ring, you were going to hell. My dad, son of a man who was not a Christian, who was a good man, but who was violent, goes off, he's headed into war, and he gets saved. My dad gets saved. He comes home from war, and as he gets home from war, he, 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 he gets my mom and his young family in church, and he just wants to know more about God. He's a brand new baby Christian. He doesn't really, he's not ever had a lifestyle, anybody leading him in that, so he wants to know about more about God. So he thought, you know what? I heard there's a revival down the road at this church, so he goes to the revival down the road at the church, and, and, and he wants more of God, so he sits on the front row. And the preacher gets up in the pulpit, And the entire sermon was on why anybody that would come to God's house with a ring on was going to hell. And my dad wanted to crawl under that chair, that pew back then. He wanted to crawl under that pew. But I said, well, what'd you do, Dad? I remember hearing the story. What did you do? So the guy was laying out some imaginary line saying, make them like us or they can't go to heaven. And he's laying out this imaginary line, and the imaginary line, he's preaching on it, and I'm thinking, you had all night long to tell people Jesus loved them, and you're going to talk about that. I said, Dad, what would you do? He said, I sat there because I wanted to honor the house and honor, honor God. And he said, I sat there and I took it. He said, then afterwards I wanted to crawl underneath those pews out of the building. I don't know why he was delayed leaving the building, but as my dad makes it out of the door, he notices an ambulance arrive at this church. They pull up to behind the church. They open the side door of this church, and out they come, rolling on the stretcher, the man who's just preached. Because he walked from attacking my father for an hour into the back room, and had a mental breakdown because someone was in the audience to expose that that man was unfaithful to his wife. Could I dare to think that maybe the reason we draw the lines we draw is because there's really something in our own lives that's not right? See, Paul and Barnabas in verse number two disagree with what the Pharisees have said. 
And so they start arguing. I love this word vehemently. They, they get really upset about it. And so they have all these talks about this and all this goes on. And, and so they say, look, you're going to have to go up to Jerusalem to get this settled. So they all go to Jerusalem. I'm going to talk you through this real fast. And the church sent delegates to Jerusalem and, and they stopped along the way. And people are really excited. They're going, wow, God's saving Gentiles. That's amazing. That's amazing. Everybody's excited to see what God's doing. And so they get in Jerusalem in verse number four and Barnabas and Paul were, are welcomed by everybody and everybody's excited about the reports. I mean, thousands and thousands of people are getting saved all over the world. And, and, but then some of the believers who belong to the sect of the Pharisees, there's those Pharisees again. They're not fair, you see. They stand up, and this is what they demand. I'm just going to translate this into modern language. Unless the, these other people become like us and do what Moses said, they can't be with us. Wow. But then some of those other people, as they're struggling with this, Figure out what are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this? Verse number six says the apostles and elders said, we got to, we got to solve this. And at the meeting, here's what I love. Peter stands up and he says, look, you know, God used me to, to win the Gentiles. And then, and Paul and Barnabas start arguing and everybody ends up in this, this, this big discussion on it and they leave it with the elders and, and, and Paul and Barnabas and Peter have argued so that here's what the elders say. They say, look, 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 we're going to forget about all that silly stuff. But here's what we're going to do for sure. You can't eat anything offered to an idol. You can't have consume blood. And you got to be sexually pure. So if you can do those things, then, you know, because those are some areas we think that even people who are not Jewish need to be, be concerned about, then you're good. The people that are not Jewish say, we can live with that. Everybody's happy except the Pharisees. What I want you to notice is this. Peter is not the most likely candidate to stand up for Gentiles. Paul is definitely not the most likely candidate to stand up for Gentiles. And Barnabas, who's a great guy, is also not someone you would ever expect that from. But they're the ones arguing for the Gentiles. Why? Now, this is where you need to get very quickly with me. The reason that they are arguing for the Gentiles is because when they would show up to town, they would first go to the people like them. And then as the people like them would reject them, they'd be headed out of town. They'd start telling other people. And the people who weren't like them would say, we like what you have to say because we want to be made right with God. And so they'd say, come to our house. Watch this now. Come to our house. And when you get to the, when they got to their house, they said, hey, let us serve you something to eat. And they're like, we've never eaten that before. We're Jews. We're not allowed eat that kind of stuff. And they said, well, try it. And they tried it and they're like, hmm, this is good. And they realized, watch this, because they entered into relationship with each other, this is important, because they entered into doing life together, they laughed together, they ate together, they worked together, they realized these people were just like them. They just had never had, they didn't have the same set lines drawn for them. Because they came from different backgrounds. And I'm trying to help you today to realize that we need each other. We're going to see things different. That's why God puts us together with people in our lives. 
Christine and I are never going to pick the same kind of a restaurant. We're never going to, Pastor Larry said, I have to pick the restaurant. I've been using that. But we're never going to pick the same type of potato chips. As a matter of fact, yesterday I was preparing her some, she's hurt herself and not able to get around real good. And I was preparing her some lunch and, and I said, you want, do you want some chips? And she's like, well, what kind did you buy? Thinking I only bought my kind, but I bought her kind. Which I don't know why anybody would eat those. But she liked him. And I went across something that I wouldn't normally do. Does that make sense? To show her, I see her. Now let's skip past this, this passage, if you could, for just a moment. I want to get you to the next slide past the scripture. And this is so, so important. If we can, so they, they go through all this and here's what really where Peter ends up. He says, this is what I've realized. Now, I don't care what my dad's told you. My, my dad has told everybody all around. He said, I'm God's favorite. God doesn't have favorites. I want you to hear me again. You're not on the outs with God. God loves you just the way you are. God doesn't have favorites. God's chosen you. But Pastor Don, you don't know my background. No, 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 no. You don't know the God that I'm preaching to you. God doesn't have favorites. It's not like somehow you blew up the fact that God would love you because you messed up. God loves you in spite of the fact that you messed up. God doesn't show favoritism. And God's saying, look, I know you may have crossed some lines in your life at different points. And I know you may have made some mistakes. And I know there's some wounds that have caused you to put down wrong lines in your life. But realize something that if you're going to ever walk in relationship with each other, the first thing you're going to have to do is get in right relationship with God. And you're going to have to say, God, you know that line I told you not to cross? Cross it and embrace me right where I am. And here's something I want you to realize. It's impossible to be an ally and an advocate for people who are different than we are without being in relationship with them or having significant experiences with them. I get the fact that it's not easy to have relationships. I get that. The easy thing for me is this. The hard thing for me is one-on-one. Because I always feel like I let everybody down one-on-one. This is easy. Relationships are difficult. And they're not always the easiest thing. They're going to be people who God's going to send in your life. And your goal is going to be to not show them you, but to show them Jesus. And that means sometimes you're not going to agree with everything. You see, Galatians chapter 6 tells us this. It says, if you see a brother or sister who's overcoming a fault, go to them and humbly put them back on the right path. Be careful not to fall in the same sin yourself. And watch this, verse 2 says, share each other's burdens, and so you will fulfill or obey the law of Christ. I dare to tell you today that unless... Oh, sorry, don't let me miss verse 3. If you think you're too important to help somebody else, I love this line, you're, you're only fooling yourself because, listen to Paul, you're not really that important anyways. Paul says, you're not as... Big a deal as you think you are if you're too big a deal to be good to everybody you encounter. And unless we take the time to develop relationships with others, we cannot live out the plan of Christ to its fullest. This is important. It's important. Somebody in this room didn't know they ministered to me the other day. Encouraged me greatly. It's the night of our beast feast. 
Everybody's working so hard. We've just had an amazing amount of people that have been committed to Christ, given their life to Christ. And I'm walking around trying to make sure everything's flowing and, and, and I'm getting lots of good reports and I'm getting a little bit of criticism and, and I'm tired and, and, and I, you know, I had to, didn't know I was going to have to preach that night. So it's just an amazing amount of pressure. It's just, just, just all on me at that moment. And literally my neighbor comes up and gives me a hug and they greet me and it was ministry to me. They didn't know how much they encouraged me in that moment. You see, you don't ever know how much the people around you might need your encouragement. Acts 1-8, we can make it really super spiritual. It says, it says this, but you will see power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I, I, let me just translate this for you. He says, you're going to be my, I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to show love and the goodness of things of God to the people. Watch this. Jerusalem is the people who live with you. Judea, Judea is the people who live around you. Samaria are the people that you really don't know and the ends of the world are just random people that you encounter the thing that you've got to realize is God works in people that are different than you are and he works through people that are different than you are and so we as Christ followers should always be leading the way in how to build relationship with one another so then we learn how to show the world that the lines that divide us, they don't have to keep us from being strong together. You see, the way Jesus laid out for us is not to make others to assimilate to our ways, but is for us to start imitating his ways. And so that may mean that there's been some lines drawn between you and somebody First service, somebody walks up to me and said, I am politically opposed to my, my, my sibling at this point. We cannot come into agreement. And I said, but pastor, today you reminded me I need to love my sibling. There may be lines in your life that a neighbor or a, a coworker or a, a, a just, Something that somebody, maybe somebody sitting three rows behind you right now. That they, they press those lines and it can be an, it can get under your skin. I just have a mental picture of what I'm about to say. What would happen if I'd stop letting things get under my skin? And start realizing that he put on skin so he could obliterate the lines that divide us. He made one line, and that was a beeline straight to the cross. He died for us. And he said, look, the way you love each other is going to be how the world knows if you really love me. So you don't know who you're encouraging sometimes. You don't know what you're doing that's changing people's lives. But you'll never do it when you entrench yourself behind lines that say, you can't even be a Christian if you act like that.
realize that what they ultimately said is don't have any other gods before him and keep yourself pure. If you can work on those things, the rest of it's going to work out. In other words, don't have anything that's more important than the ways of Christ in front of you and keep your heart pure. And then everything else is going to work out for his glory and your good. Stand with me today. So you're really used to me preaching this passionate, soul-winning sermon. (laughs) And I want to turn this whole sermon today, but here's the thing. If you'll get what I just gave you and let the lines begin to be obliterated, you'll become soul winners also. And lives of people around you will be changed. And if I win some and you win some and you win some and you win some and you, there's going to be many more. Because we don't focus on the silly things. We focus on Jesus. Living God, I know purity is important to you, for without holiness shall no man see the Lord. But Lord, it's not my standard that people have to live up to, it's yours. My job is to simply point them toward you, to bear my brother's burdens, to obey the law of Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, how many would be honest with me and say, there's some lines in my life that I need broken, I need destroyed. Yeah, there's hands literally, almost 90% of this congregation. Thank you. Put those down. Lord, you see the lines that were established. I don't even know if there's somebody struggling with a racial line that was established because of where they were raised and how they were raised. There's somebody struggling with 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 a, a line of, of just hate prejudice that that needs to be broken there's somebody struggling with shame that uh, that that because they cross some lines they think there's no hope for them to come back lord i thank you that 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 you don't see the lines that we create lord oh i just feel this in my spirit i'm about to pray this over you you need to get what i'm about to say because you don't see the property lines because the whole earth is yours already lord you don't see the dividing of nations you see the world and until the day that the glory of the lord covers the face of the earth father i thank you that you have sent us to be pockets of your glory around this world the church of the living god not divided but united walking in the puritiness and holiness of the lord lord knowing that we are yours and you are ours what a beautiful scripture that says They are the people of God, and he is their God. You claim us, and we claim you. Father, for everyone who said they need a line obliterated, I pray today that you will bless them, and you will help them to allow this word to be rooted into their life. And for those who do not know you today, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I'm talking to those present and those listening, those watching. If you don't know Jesus, this is your day. This is your time. Has there been a line that you've drawn in your life that you, you feel like you never could cross, that maybe there was some sin, some shame, some problem, some struggle that kept you back and you, you allowed that line to be in your life? And today God is saying to you, will you accept Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior?
If you're in this place today and you're ready to cross the line from death to life, from sin to being born again, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you right where you are. If that's you, could I just see your hand right where you are? Would you hold it up high so I can pray with you today? In Jesus' name. Thank you, sir. Is there another? This is your moment. This is your time. Is there another that will join with this fine man? Looking around this room today. God, stop me for this one. Is there another in this room? And we're going to all pray collectively with him. And we're going to believe with him that his life is going to be changed forever. Let's lift our voices. Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. This moment, I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And in Jesus' name, I believe that Jesus came. He died for me. And now he lives forevermore. And now for all to hear. I declare that God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Amen and amen. How many know we serve a good God? Amen. God is so good to us. Hey, I just say go with God, be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.